Tonight, God's Word comes to us from the minor prophet Haggai. We're going to be focusing our attention tonight on chapter 2, but Haggai is such a short book, we're going to read both chapters 1 and 2 this evening. Haggai gives us a number of time references in the text. And we're going to take note of those this evening. So watch for the time references as we read these two chapters. Beginning with Haggai chapter 1, verse 1, we hear now is God's word. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, while this house lies in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house, that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above, above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people of the Lord with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? 
Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to ha by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, so that every work, and so with every work of their hands. For what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came up to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were but twenty. I struck you and all your products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day forward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month. Since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, as I mentioned last week, Haggai, being the second shortest of the minor prophets, uh, while it is a short book, it is filled with wonderful treasures and encouragements for us. Uh, last week, we dealt just with chapter 1, and I, I have to say, I did feel badly about that. 
Uh, these two chapters really belong together, but just for length of time, we just dealt with chapter one last week, because chapter one really is the directive. The directive given from God. It's time to build the temple. Remember, kids, Haggai is the prophet of God's house. Prophet of God's house. And he came with that message, it's time to build the temple. Remember, Israel had gone into captivity. The temple had been destroyed. And then uh, Cyrus comes and says, you can go back and you can begin rebuilding. And they started rebuilding the temple, but then they stopped because of some opposition they received. And the temple was left for 16 years left untouched. They never seem to get back to their building project. And so Haggai comes with the word of the Lord, is it okay for you to live in fine houses while my house is in ruins? It's time to build the temple. And we saw that they had to adjust their priorities, put the things of the Lord first. And like I said, last week was very directive. Um, in chapter 1, we have the instruction. This is what you have to do. In chapter 2, we have the beautiful encouragements. Encouragements from God as they would undertake that task and build the temple. We saw last week that this is a, a text not to be applied simply to uh, building projects in a church, but to the church itself. That we were given the directive last week. It's time to build the church, to be involved and engaged in what Christ is doing, building his church. And he uses us to do that. And tonight, we get really the second half, really the, the, the beautiful part of the story. And this is, this is the encouragement from God as you undertake that glorious work of building his church. The people were in need of encouragement. They committed. They committed that they would undertake their task of building the temple. And the, chapter 1 ends... Uh, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, they committed to doing this building project. Chapter 2 begins. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. So this is one month later. And if you've ever been involved in a building project or watched you know, houses be built or build, uh, businesses be built, you know. Uh, building projects can move very, very slowly. They committed to building the temple. Yes, it's time to build the temple. And one month later, not much had happened. Not much had taken place. And the people began to get discouraged with the project. Discouraged because they weren't seeing it moving forward the way they had envisioned. In fact, there were those who were older who remembered from before. Remembered before the temple was destroyed. They could recall Solomon's temple. That's the reference here in verse 3. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? compared to the grandeur, compared to the beauty, compared to the glory of Solomon's temple, they saw, they saw this they were building. And it seemed like nothing. 
because they could remember the past and they needed some encouragement from God to continue the task. And so he says to them in verse 4, Yet now be strong. Three times in this verse. Be strong, O Zerubbabel. Be strong, O Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you. Be strong. We recognize the project is not done yet. We recognize there's a lot of work to do. But be strong. Why? Because I am with you in this work. I myself am with you to encourage you. Even when progress seems slow, I have not given up on you. And so God comes to give them great confidence as they undertake this task of building the temple. He says in verse 5, My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, so the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Be confident, because I am at work. I will bring all the treasures in. And he makes allusion here to the treasures of the nations. I suspect this is one of the times where Haggai is speaking beyond what he could have known. Not simply speaking of gold and silver brought in, but the nations themselves brought in. The treasures of the nations being brought into the temple of God, a, 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 a precursor of Pentecost, when God would bring the nations in. And the glory of this house, he says, will be even greater than before. We have the calling as the people of God to be engaged in building the church. Yes, it is Christ's church. Yes, he does bring his own, but he uses us in that labor. And it's easy for us to become discouraged when it seems like the work of building the church goes so slowly. And, and we can remember a past former glory. Uh, shortly after we moved here, um, a number of folks uh, came up to me and said, you know, it's, we have a good, solid church now, but it used to be. It used to be we would open those back doors and the people would go all the way to the back in the fellowship hall. And I heard that story a number of times. And every time I heard it, there seemed to be some, some sense of resignation. That was then, but it's not going to happen again. You can remember the former glory. But I ask you the question, has God changed? Has his promise to build his church changed? Have people changed? I would suggest there is even more need for the gospel now than there was back in the glory days. God's promise has not changed. There is no reason to be discouraged, to think that that's the way it was 20 years ago, but it won't happen again. It's easy to become discouraged. We don't see conversions like on that Pentecost when, when the gospel was preached and 3,000 converted in one day. 
We don't see revivals taking place when when ministers would go out and preach a very very simple message that man is a sinner and jesus is a savior and many came to faith it's easy to become discouraged but god says be strong be strong i am with you god is at work he gives us encouragement as we as we labor in the task of building the church. And he says, we are to be diligent but patient in that task. Look at verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month, the word of the Lord came. This is now two months later. And they were still not seeing a whole lot of change going on. And so in this context, he, he's going to remind them a lesson about how God works. And he does it with these rather strange questions that are being asked. In verse 11, Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any other kind of food, does it become holy? No, it doesn't. If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these things, does it become unclean? Yes, it does. What's the lesson he's teaching here? They wanted to see things moving and changing, both in the temple and in themselves as well. They wanted things to see everything back as normal again. But God's reminding them, yes, they're doing a holy work, but they're doing it with unholy hands. It's not as if the holiness of the temple would somehow translate to them in their lives. That's not the way it works. No, it's not holiness that transfers, it's uncleanness that transfers. And yet God had called them to to build this house, to build this temple, to do this work even with unclean hands. They hadn't seen the fullness of the blessing yet. And so God is going to come with encouragement. Be patient. It is coming. The the lesson, wait upon the Lord. Things will change. Blessing would come, but it would be in God's time and in God's way. Look at verse 18. Consider, now let's go back to 17. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Is the seed still in the barn? Now again, we know from these time references given to us in Haggai, this prophecy came at a time after the seed had been sown, but before the harvest had taken place. Is the seed still in the barn? No, it's not. The seed's been sown. The work's been done. But we don't see the harvest yet. We're in that in-between time. 
God says, yes, you're not seeing it yet, but be patient. There is blessing to come. There is blessing for you as you do this work. Be patient as you work on this, this temple, building this house for me. And we see that same encouragement uh, given to us. We are continuing to wait for the fullness of God to bring all of his people in. And yet I, I, I have to say, God has been so good to give us encouragements along the way. Not only encouragements from his word, but encouragements as he shows us in real tangible ways he is building his church. He is building this church. In the last two months, we have received 12 new members into our congregation. God gets the praise for that. He is working. He is growing his church. He is growing this church. And I have to confess, I tend to be one of those who is impatient. I want to see God working more quickly, more fully. I want to see, I want to see the harvest now. He says, no, the seed's in the field. The harvest will come. Be patient and wait upon me. And so he gives us that encouragement. As the call comes, it's time to build the church. Yes, it is time to build the church, but it will be built in God's time, not necessarily in our time. Do the work, but be patient and wait for God to give the increase. And then he concludes his prophecy with, with one final word of promise. He speaks to Zerubbabel. Same day, the 24th day of the month, verse 21, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth to overthrow the throne of, of kingdoms. I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders, and the horses and their riders shall, be, shall go down, everyone by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, and I will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. What is he saying to Zerubbabel? It is a promise of God's restoration of the kingship for his people. God had made three promises to his people. They will always have a land, there will be a temple, and there will be a king. They have been brought back to the land. They are building the temple. And God says, you, Zerubbabel, and you are going to be the king over my people. They are being restored to all of the things God had promised them. Land and temple and kingship. And he says, I will make you, Zerubbabel, like a signet ring like a signet ring. What's a signet ring, kids? A signet ring is a ring that the king would wear. And when he made a declaration or when he made a promise, he would put his seal 
on that promise. They would take a little bit of wax and put it on that paper parchment. He would put his ring on there to say, this is true. This is coming from me. You can believe it. It's the word of the king. God says, I'm going to make you, Zerubbabel, like a signet ring. Zerubbabel would become the king over God's people. But he would be a pointer to the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise. He would point to the greater king that God would send. He would point to God's chosen. I have chosen you. He would point to God's chosen son, Jesus Christ. The one who rules and reigns over his people, over his church. The one who says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church will grow. It will prosper. I will be active, he says, and I'm going to use you to do it. We have every reason to be encouraged. Every reason to be encouraged to to share the truth of the gospel with those around us. Because that is how God builds his church. That is how Christ receives the glory as the king. When the gospel is declared. When we tell our neighbor, our coworker, our classmate, our family member, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, that he came to remove all of our iniquities, that he did everything necessary to secure an eternity with him. He is the king. He is the ruler. He will do what he has promised. We have every reason to be encouraged as we share that message with others that God will build his church. That's the call of the gospel that goes out again tonight. If you were here this evening and have never, never embraced Jesus Christ, never recognized his kingship, his rule over your life, he calls you tonight to bow your heart before him, to confess your sins, to recognize who he is and what he has done, and to be brought in, to be brought into that glorious house, that church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yes, we have every reason to be encouraged. Chapter 2, I, I felt so badly skipping it last week. We had, if I can put it very, very, very loosely, we had the law last week, we have the gospel this week. Last time, time to build the church! And tonight, because God is at work. Because God is working, He is using you to bring glory to Himself and glory to His Son, Jesus Christ, the King and head of the church. So I end the same way I ended last week. There is the call. It is time to build the church. We need to be at work. We need to be sharing the truth with others. But be encouraged, brothers and sisters. It is not you who is doing it. It is God working through you that he might bring glory to himself. It is time to build the church. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you for the beauty of your word. We thank you for the calls to faithful obedience. And we thank you for the encouragements that you give us. 
that we don't undertake anything in our lives without you being at work in us and your spirit encouraging and strengthening us. So we do pray, O oh God. We pray for the increase of your church. We pray that you would call all of your people in, that they might know the glories of belonging to the church. And in this, O oh God, that Jesus Christ might receive all the glory and the honor and the praise as King of Kings, as Lord of Lords. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.